Lord, your word says to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Lord, we do rejoice for all of the seniors making it to this point, and we pray, God, that you continue to work in their lives in an awesome way. Lord, at the same time, we weep for our uh, church community and the Accurso family and all the things that they have gone through, Lord. Lord, I, I praise you in the midst of pain and hardship that you are faithful. We pray for the Curso family, that you would be the great comforter and healer of their family. We pray for all of our brothers and sisters at Colonial Church dealing with the loss of Lauren. And we also pray for any others in this room right here that may be hurting or angry or anxious or troubled or fearful. Lord, I pray that you would be their strength. Jesus, you are the light of the world, the almighty one, the alpha and the omega, the author and perfecter of our faith. And you are worthy to be praised. Holy Spirit, we thank you as believers. You are a great com comforter and great counselor. Help us to trust in your guidance and lead us. Lord, your word says that the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. So as we open your word, lead us. And we pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you're new here this morning, we like to say our purpose together, and we say our purpose together as a church because we're a reminder of why we're here as a church. And we're not a country club. We like to have fun together, but we like to have joy and fun in Jesus' name. So if you'd say this purpose with me, it's to reach and transform people by the power of the gospel and biblical community. We've been going through the shorter catechism questions, and the, this morning we're looking at question uh, number 20. And these are just great uh, truths that are based in Scripture that our church fathers have put together. Did God leave all mankind to perish in the state of sin and misery? Aren't you so glad that that is not yes, that God did deliver us? God, solely out of his love and mercy, from all eternity, elected some to an everlasting life and entered into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the state of sin and misery and bring into a state of salvation by a redeemer. See, we believe here at Good News that we're to be disciple makers that make disciples. And we believe that a disciple is someone that's a follower of Jesus, who loves Jesus, who loves one another, and who loves the lost. And this morning, that's what we're going to focus on, is loving Jesus by loving one another. The main point for this morning, the point for this morning, is that we can spend time with Jesus together. And the action step is to encourage one another. Typically, you have to wait to the end for the action step. But I'm giving it you this morning because... Uh, it's so valuable and so important for us to encourage one another. I want to congratulate each and every one of you because you're here this morning. Some of you may have thought, ah, I just hit the snooze button a little longer, I'll just stay, I'll go out to breakfast, go to the beach, whatever. But you're here, and that's important. That's important that you're here to not only uh, worship God for yourself, but to help others worship God and encourage one another. We are the body of Christ. And so we're going to uh, open God's word this morning together, but I want to give you a little clue where we're at uh, in scripture with this story. See, there was a newlywed couple that were waking up one morning, and the husband looked at the wife and said, Why don't you go make some coffee? And the wife said, Well, that's your job. That's the man's job to do. He said, What? Where do you get that from? And he said, Well, it's, it's right here in scripture. It says right here, He brews. Okay, we are going to be looking in Hebrews this morning. Cheesy, awful pastor joke, wow, so bad. 
We're going to look at Hebrews, and it's, it's a wildly complex book, but it's such a great book that shares a lot of great uh, truths about our faith. And we don't know who wrote it, uh, but Kent Hughes, the theologian, says this, the author, whoever it was, the author of Hebrews, whoever it was, had a magnificent style with immense vocabulary and a vast knowledge of the Greek Old Testament. Though we can't uh, be sure of the identity of the writer of Hebrews, we do know that the author was personally known to the original audience, and he was an associate of Timothy and one of Paul's protégés. See, this, um, this book, Hebrews, was written to encourage the Jewish believers under persecution. And it's also written to encourage us, because these Jewish believers, they would have been persecuted from every angle. First, the Jews that were living in the, in the Roman area would have been persecuted by Gentiles. They would have uh, felt the pressure of being outsiders, aliens in a foreign land. And then when those Jews came to faith in Christ and became Christians, then they would feel the persecution from their own people. So the Jewish Christians, they were feeling the pressure from every side. They didn't feel at home anywhere. And as the church in America becomes more and more uh, persecuted in different ways, we're going to desperately need each other. That's why the scripture is so meaningful for us. Because I realize that most of you are not Jewish believers. And we certainly were not living in first century Rome. But all of us are, are feeling the pressure, right? We're feeling as believers that we, we seem to be the minority now. And so we need each other. We need brothers and sisters that will help us. All throughout Hebrews, we see that theme uh, that we need each other as brothers and sisters and that Christ is superior. So students that, you, that are graduating, you need to hear that, that Christ needs to be superior in your life, that no matter what you're going on to in your next step, keep Christ as superior. If you're going through a turmoil right now in your life, Christ is superior. I think of that Accurso family. I think about Matt losing his wife in the midst of childbirth. How do you even go on with your life in the way that you go on in the midst of trouble, in the midst of pain, in the midst of sorrow, is remembering that Christ is superior, that he works through even the darkest situations. So for you this morning, if you're dealing with a health issue, a financial issue, a relationship issue, you're struggling at school or in your workplace, remember that Christ is superior. And you'll see that theme as we read through this. So we can spend time with Jesus together. We can encourage one another. And the new studies are out. We're on page uh, 19 this morning. Make sure you grab one of these studies so you can grow in your faith so you can dig into God's word so that you can encourage one another by helping people understand what you learned. And we need to be reproducers of the word. See, I think so many American Christians, we come here uh, to church to gather together to be receivers of the word. Hey, pastor, what are you going to give me? What's some new material that you have for me? What's some new stuff? How am I going to take this and how am I uh, going to grow personally in that? See, we shouldn't have that attitude. The attitude should be, hey, what am I going to get that I'm going to reproduce in my own life? How am I going to encourage one an uh, another person? How am I going to encourage my brothers and sisters in Christ? And that's why it's so vital that you're here this morning. That's why it's so vital that you're in small group. 
I understand that each and every week you go to small group, you go to church, you're not like, oh, that was the most amazing message I ever heard. But we're here together to, to help each other, to help each other while we're hurting, while we're in the midst of pain. Even when we're going through joy, we're here to, to help and spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so this is in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain, that is his body, we have since, uh, and since we have a, a, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who is promised, he who is promised is faithful. And let's consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let's encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. See, we're supposed to encourage one another. I'm going to show you a couple of video clips back to back. One's about two and a half minutes long, and it's a video about encouragement. And the next one's about uh, 20 seconds long, and it's a video about discouragement. Let's see how we relate to them. So here's the first one about encouragement from the movie Unbroken. I can't do this, Pete. I'm not like you. I'm nothing. Just let me be nothing. What are you talking about? I can't make a track team. I don't even know why you Yes, you can. To... If you could take it, you can make it. What? If you can take it, you can make it. All right, you train, you fight way harder than those other guys, and you win. You get out from under them. Or you keep going the way you're going, and you end up as a bum in the streets. You can do this, Lou. Just got to believe you can. I don't believe. I do. Come on. Andiamo. Forza! Va bene.
boy, oh boy, can that guy fly. We're calling him the Torrance Tornado. So there's the, the cliff about encouragement. Now let's contrast it to a cliff about discouragement. Give up your dream. The first thing you should do in the morning when you hear the alarm clock is turn it right back off and go back to sleep. When you're thinking about going to the gym, that's when you need to pick up a bag of Cheetos, lay down on the couch, and watch your favorite TV show. Okay, so, a little difference, right? Now, the Cheetos don't sound bad, right? I mean, that sounds pretty good. You see the, the power in encouragement and the power of discouragement. And as a community together in Christ, we are called to encourage one another. We're called to help one another. And that's primarily who we should hang out with. Now listen, it's important for us as a church to reach out to our friends and neighbors and coworkers that are not believers. It's, it's important that we do that. But our inner circle of, of friends should be people that are believers in the gospel. Because if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. See, who you hang out with, who you encourage, who you help, that's vitally important. So do, do your friends know the gospel? A thousand years before this scripture, Solomon said, walk with the wise and you will become what? Wise. See, if you have, if you have a council of fools, it will cause you harm. See, it's so vital that we hang out with people that have the gospel to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do you know the gospel? See, the gospel is that there's an infinite, all-knowing, all-powerful creator of God who created everything for his glory, and you and I have belittled him. With the brains that he gave us, that he created us with, we think thoughts that don't honor him. With the lungs that he gave us to breathe life into us, we speak words that don't honor him. And that's the great blasphemy of the universe. That we do things against our creator God. And because he is holy, 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 because he is mighty, then he cannot allow the belittlement of his name. So there has to be a consequence for that. And so it's either us taking on that consequence, us taking on that suffering, us taking on all the ways that we should be punished, or it has to be someone else. And the only way it could be someone else is by having that person live a perfect life, having that person being the infinite God-man, having that person suffer on the cross for all the ways that we belittle God. Having that person overcome death and suffering, overcome sin, and be victorious by resurrecting. And that person is Jesus. Do the people that you hang around with know that? Do you know that? If you've never trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, all the ways that you belittle his name, you are going to have to answer for if you don't trust in Jesus. So that's why we desperately proclaim the gospel each and every week here at Good News because we want you to know the peace, the joy, the love, to know how to have his righteousness. Do you know Jesus? If you've never trusted him, won't you do that this morning? 
You can do it right in your seat and say, listen, God, I have thought thoughts that don't honor you. I've said things that don't honor you. Listen, if that's you, welcome to the party. All of us do that. But some of us have been redeemed by the blood of Christ, have been redeemed by his righteousness. Have you been redeemed? If you haven't, won't you do that this morning? And if you have, we need to encourage one another. We need to help one another grow in our faith, as the scripture says. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new living way opened up through us through the curtain, that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Some of you this morning, you didn't take a shower before you got here. Do you know that before Jesus came and did what he did on this earth, that only the high priest could go to the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle on the Day of Atonement. And before he went in there, he had to do a full body ritual cleaning before he could go before God. We don't have to do that, do we? Because things have changed. And they've changed because of Jesus. And when Jesus died, that curtain was torn. And that separation from the holiness of God was ripped away because of his righteousness. And now we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Now we don't have to go to the house of God. We as individuals are the house of God. We collectively as the church are the house of God. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome that we are the house of God? We are the church. You came to 573 West Twin Court Trail, but that's not the church. We're blessed with a great building to be able to gather together and do uh, lots of different events and have lots of different ways to proclaim the gospel, but this is not the church. You and I are the church. You and I need to encourage one another. You and I need to spend time with Jesus together. We need each other. Brothers and sisters, we need each other. I have never heard one person in over 16 years of ministry come up to me and say, Pastor Andy, I am growing so much. You won't believe how much I'm growing. And this is how I grow. I just do it on my own. I'm not church, not in small group, not in any Bible studies, but I am growing like crazy, said no one ever. See, the only way that we grow is that we hang out with each other. We encourage one another. We help each other. We remind each other that we are the church. We no longer have to count on a high priest because the high priest, Jesus, lives in us. What an amazing truth that is. See, Christ is superior. Even in the midst of all the trouble of this world, we as believers know that this is not our home. This is just a myth that we're going to spend all eternity with him. That here on this earth, we're to gather together, encourage one another, help one another to grow in faith. Because the only thing that really matters on this earth is that whether you're a part of the church or not as a believer in Jesus Christ. Because each and every single one of us are not making it out of this life alive. It's vitally important that you have Christ and that you encourage one another have Christ. That's why when we see people come to faith in Christ, we want to celebrate. 
When we have these life rings put on, we want to celebrate because we know somebody's eternity has been changed. And this week, we want to celebrate one person who professed uh, faith in Christ for the first time here through the ministry of Good News Church. Yeah, it's so, it's so amazing to be able to do that and to encourage one another uh, to do that and to experience community. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, unswervingly, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, where he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Don't you see how important it is? Don't you see how important it is to gather together? And listen, I get it. As people living in World Golf Village in 2019, there's lots of different things happening on Sunday morning. Sunday used to be a sacred day. People used to go to church, spend the day together as a family, worshiping God. Now in our culture, it's just like another day. But for us, it's not just another day. It's a day when we gather together as the house of God. We gather together as a church so that we can proclaim and profess him to each other and to a world that's watching. So don't give up meeting together. If you've never been in a small group before, just check it out. Don't be scared. Listen, this is biblical community. We need each other to help each other grow and to profess faith in Christ together. And when it happens, guess what? All of your wildest dreams come true. It, it really is true. It reminds me of when Pedro was running for president in the uh, great theological movie, Napoleon Dynamite. I have that clip. Do you have that clip real quick? Just three seconds here. For me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Yes! See, spiritually speaking, when we gather together and we encourage one another, all of your wildest dreams come true. It doesn't mean that uh, you're going to have no more trouble in your life. It doesn't mean that everything that's wrong is just going to disappear. But what it means is that you're going to have true community. You're going to be able to help each other. You're going to be able to spur one another on. And transformation happens in the midst of that. See, I need you, brothers and sisters in Christ. I need you. Because on my own, I cannot grow in my faith. And we need each other. We need to spend time with Jesus together and encourage one another and see that transformation. And then when we gather together and we encourage one another, we get to make a difference. I don't know about where you're at in your life, but I want to make a difference in my life. And I know the, most, the best way that I can make the most impact is by doing it together in the body of believers. We get to see an example of that this week. On Friday afternoon, I was walking around here, and I saw this entire church be transformed into some planet from Star Wars. It was amazing. There were people all over the place setting this place up for the mother-son campout. And there were uh, about 80 uh, families that came to experience joy and to be able to experience what it's like to have fun at a church. And I'm going to list some people here that helped to, get, to set this all up. And I'm listing them primarily so that you can hear how the body of Christ comes together. Because I know some of you don't know these people. But Amanda Dykeman was the captain of the team. She did a great job. And Michelle Acre was here helping out. And... Um, and uh, Chris and Kelly McDaniel, and Chrissy Long, and Lori Forfar, and Ashley Vesey, and Tanya Schwinghammer, and Jen Sims, 
and Jeannie Petty and Lisa Kent and Nick Dykeman and Channing Peckham and Michael Hines and George and Patty McNeely's small group and John and Ann Griffin's small group and Jeff Tanner. There was an amazing amount of people. And if you helped out and I didn't name you, give your pastor grace, okay? God knows you helped out. But what an amazing thing to see all those people bringing their gifts together. There's no way one person could have done that. I mean, this entire church, there were tents in this room. Every single piece of furniture in this place got moved on Friday night and get put all back together for Sunday morning. And it was a great time to see sons have a great experience learning about God, having a memory. My son, from, from when he got home on Saturday morning uh, for the next 24 hours, all he's talked about was the time that he had here. What an awesome thing to have the next generation have a memory that, that church is good, that gathering together is good, encouraging one another is good. You get to make a difference when you come together as the body of Christ. You also get the opportunity to pray for one another. I mean, when was the last time you did that? When was the last time you prayed for a brother and sister in Christ? That as we go through things in our life, that we're not doing it alone. We have each other. We help each other spend time with Jesus. We spur one another on towards love and good deeds. When was the last time you just listened? I mean, I think so often when we have things going on in our lives, our people are going through pain and sorrow, I think we get the pressure, feel the pressure of saying the right thing to that person or doing the right thing. But there's an important lesson from the book of Job. If you're not familiar with the story, Job was really suffering. He had everything stripped away from him. And some friends came along uh, beside him in the midst of his pain. And scriptures say in the second chapter of Job that his friends just sat there with him in silence. They didn't do anything. They saw how much he was hurting. They saw how much he was suffering. They saw how much that he, he didn't even know how to deal with life. And what they did was just be there with him. And when was the last time he did that? Then it's interesting, you go through uh, 42 chapters of Job and you get to the end and these same people that were praised here in that scripture, they then are told by the Lord that, they are, that the Lord is angry with them. Because you know what they did after they did the right thing? After they sat with them, after they sat with Job, and after they comforted him in the right way, they spent the next 42 chapters criticizing Job. They couldn't just sit with him. They couldn't just encourage him in that way. They kept coming up with reasons why all these bad things were happening to Job. They kept saying things that were not comforting at all. See, sometimes as the body of believers, we just need to be there for each other. Just be there physically. You don't have to say the right thing. Just be there to help your brother and sister as they're suffering. That we need to serve one another. This always blows me away when I think about it. That the person that's called the king of all kings came from heaven to earth to serve, not to be served. Do you know any king like that? I mean, usually kings are expecting them, the people, to serve him, right? But Jesus is not like that. He came to serve, and because he serves us, we can serve others. See, we're called to spend time with Jesus together and encourage one another, and it's not going to be perfect. It's going to be messy. If you hung out with me for any uh, amount of time past five minutes, you know that I'm a mess. 
You know that there's going to be... <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> there's going to be all kinds of things that happen in the midst of community. And I know sometimes it's hard to work through those things, but it's way better than being alone. It's way better than being in isolation. It's way better than trying to experience God on your own because you're never going to be able to do that. Listen, brothers and sisters, we need each other. We need each other to grow. We need each other for encouragement. 59 times in the New Testament, there's one anothering statements to pray for one another, to help for one another, to care for one another. Let's do that. Let's do that even more. And when you do that, your wildest dreams come true because you get to experience what life is truly like in Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so thankful that you encourage us first so that we can encourage others. You've called us to be your body, the body of Christ. So help us as Good News Church to help one another and love one another and care for one another and serve one another and pray for one another. Help us to be united with other gospel-centered churches in our area for the sake of reaching and transforming. Lord, we pray for Access Church and Anastasia Church and the Village Church and Reverb Church and Christ Church and Colonial Church and Church on the Rock and Turning Point and Covenant and Coquina and Family Worship Center and so many others, Lord. For your glory, unite us as your church and use us. In Jesus' name, amen.